Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Krupp. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to have you with us on Political Coffee. We've got a very special show for you today. Most of today's show is going to, uh, cons- to consist of a live interview with Mark Thielman. Uh, and we'll bring him on in a moment. This The reason of doing this is to talk about his amended federal lawsuit having to do with, well, the elections, elections transparency, and what all of this means, and it's important, friends. So we're going to be chatting with him most of the show today, with the exception of that last segment. So if you want to call and comment on what you're going to hear today, you can do that only in the last segment of the show. Now, before we bring him on, a couple of things that I want to share with you that I think are worthy of you just taking note of. You should, and I will have on the show plan today on the podcast page at kslm.news under Political Coffee, the newsletter by Brian Boquist, state senator, In it, there are some interesting little nuggets about Oregon and some other things nationally. The spy balloon business, remember we talked about that? Well, they shot it down. And now they're admitting, the Pentagon is admitting, well, there's a third balloon. What? A third balloon? Yeah. You see, apparently, we heard about the one that was over Canada. Don't know where it ended up. No word about that, but we heard the Pentagon said there was one over South America. Now, the Pentagon, it comes out, was well aware of this balloon. They were tracking it clear last week as it entered airspace over Alaska. Well, folks, the Chinese don't need to fly balloons. They have spy satellites. They did this for another reason. And Brian Boquist addresses that. He also addresses the 5,000 taxpayers info mailed by the state of Oregon to the wrong addresses. Oopsies. And then a whole bunch of other things. So I want you to, I want you to watch that. Also, There's a great Oregon Catalyst story today about government pay. Portland, the city of Portland has striking workers, right? Well, they're offering them a 13% increase. And then they look at state workers. In 2021, 5,618 state employees brought home a base pay of at least 100,000. It was a 23% increase from 2020. Well, with Joe Biden's inflation, it's no wonder that they're asking for more. If any of you saw the Grammys last night, I was at dinner at a place and they had it on. And and did you see the un, 
holy, satanic performance. The song was called Unholy. And the transgender guy and the transgender girl, which won the best Grammy award for their performance of this song, they're dressed in red, satanic red. In fact, he has a top hat on with horns coming out of it. Guess who sponsored that? Pfizer. No kidding. Telling you, folks, and it was interesting. There's a Gateway Pundit story about this today, and they draw the eerie, in fact, lots of people saw it, the eerie similarity between that performance last night unholy at the Grammys in its look in its darkness the fire behind it the red colors to Joe Biden's little speech remember that where he railed remember how it was red and black and the two Marines standing in the back the same vibes interesting isn't it All right, folks, everything in our world is being governed right now, at least in America, by those that supposedly got elected in 2020, in 2021, and now in 2022. We focus on elections for a reason. Because they are driving everything in our world, whether we like it or not. This is why it's so important that we pay attention to the legal fight that Mark Thielman and others have brought forward about election integrity, about election transparency, about verifying whether our election system is in fact fair and open and honest and transparent and most importantly, accurate. They have amended, he and these other plaintiffs have amended their lawsuit and it, is brilliant, number one. And number two, it's created all kinds of, well, opportunities for you. And you need to be aware of it. And we bring uh, Mark Thielman on with us right now. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Good to hear from you and good to be on. Thank you. And I appreciate it. By the way, folks, if you want to hear this interview um, on another radio show, you can hear it on Lars today at 1230. Right, Mark? You're going to be on with him at 1230? That is correct. I don't normally pitch another radio station in competition with us, but this is important enough, folks. You need to you need to be able to hear this. Now, why did you amend your lawsuit in federal court? Well, it was it was actually part of a of a broader strategy. So I thought, as you know, I've had uh, been a super school superintendent for 20 years um, here in Oregon and got to know I did legislative work. So I really have a, an unusual Uh, in-depth understanding of how our state government works. And one of the things that uh, a lot of folks may not realize is that uh, we have a tremendous number of non-thinking and very arrogant bureaucrats uh, in various departments. And so one of the reasons we filed this lawsuit initially was it's kind of a bait and switch. We wrote a very general argument, a very good argument about disenfranchisement, which, as you know, now is the national narrative when it comes to election integrity. So we feel very good about that, but it didn't have a lot of uh, factual details. It had a lot of analysis and and allegations that uh, would cause the state 
to feel comfortable uh, mocking and jeering and becoming arrogant. That's what, and, that, and you know, you, you saw some of that. I know we've had some conversations. That is what happened. So they wrote a 36-page motion to dismiss, wrote all of their arguments about the current uh, mail-in ballot system and, and basically that we were all a bunch of conspiracy theory uh, wacko citizens who should not be taken seriously. And uh, the beauty of it is, is we didn't put the details in on purpose because we have the opportunity uh, as part of jurisprudence to amend. So once they came out and gave us all the arguments of the state, gave us a, a sneak peek into their mentality about how the government itself feels about people who believe in election integrity and have concerns. So basically, they came out and attacked the election integrity-minded community. And uh, that's when you, you respond, you amend the case. And what that does is it starts the judicial process all over again. So their motion of, to dismiss, it was very satisfying. The judge basically denied that, saying, well, it's a different case now. Motion to dismiss denied, and you have till February 17th government to respond to plaintiffs. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small victory, but it's a good victory because uh, it, now, now the government knows how it feels. So that was the strategy. That was the purpose. And uh, it's creating uh, quite a, a buzz within the halls of government. As it should. So, you know, one of the things that we try to do at the uh, Oregon Citizens Lobby in our war room, which is has normally been held over the years in the Capitol building. We're not allowed in the Capitol building uh, to rent rooms, as we have traditionally done. We've moved this over to the Ike Box Coffee House, which is right next to the Capitol. Uh, we're there every Thursday. And I want to invite you to come and talk to us at some point also. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and, and see what we do there. But th this is one of the things that we do. We look at legislation and how government is responding to various things, including lawsuits, by the way. And we comment on that and we teach people how to go to the Capitol, how to talk to legislators about it effectively, how to, how to testify at committee hearings effectively, how to uh, send in testimony effectively. And we do that because that's our right. It's also our right, as you point out, in your lawsuit, and folks, again, this is a federal lawsuit, folks. You point out that if our election officials are fighting at our ability to verify the accuracy of our elections, then that disenfranchises us along with every legitimate vote that gets canceled by an illegitimate or illegal vote. And you give lots of interesting, I read all 54 pages of your amended lawsuit last night, okay? And I gotta tell you, you present now some actual case stories of people who are alleging, and, and these are people who are willing to put their words on the line in front of a court of law. Now, the government's got to respond to that. How do you think they're going to do that, number one? And number two, what do you think the, the legislative process is going to look like in response to this lawsuit? Well, the legislative process, um, 
will be two things that that will be that, that will tell us what's going on in the in the inner you know back rooms of uh, of the progressive government that runs the state. And people need to. I think what I would love for your listeners to understand is that politics never sleeps. And even though we're in a court of law, there's political ramifications. And that, I think, is what you're alluding to, is that it's going to start to change the behavior of legislators and analysts. And, um, you know, I was just at the Western Liberty Network conference. I gave a, a speech, and I introduced something to a lot of uh, folks who are interested in, in being trained and getting involved uh, to become members of the legislature. And that is that it's time conservatives start to wield the, the weapon of fear. And uh, fear is what's going on. And I can give a quick example. You know, the, the first case, the first uh, lawsuit we filed uh, was great at rallying election integrity minded people to tell their story. And that's what uh, you're alluding to in the new case or the amended case is we created I created Battleground, Oregon to create a place for people to tell their story and have a safe place to send that to. Because there's a lot of fear among uh, conservatives that they'll be attacked if they stand up and speak out. And people have given hundreds of stories. I mean, uh, there, are, there are many more stories than we were able to put in the amended suit, but because they all relate, they will all be used in court. And what I want uh, folks to really understand is that the government is responding completely 180 degrees differently to the amended case. Let me give you an example. Hey, hang on, hang on a second, Mark. Uh, we, we need to go to break. There's the music, and we'll be back in two minutes with Mark Thielman, his amended federal lawsuit. You need to know what's going on here, folks. This is really important to your future, to your liberty. Back in a moment at 620. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 22 minutes past the hour. We're going to get back to our uh, almost entirely show-long interview with Mark Thielman about this amended federal election transparency Lawsuit. I want to. Uh, I want to encourage you to go to his website, Battleground Oregon, all one word, battlegroundoregon.org, battlegroundoregon.org, and I want to encourage you to make a contribution because um, federal lawsuits cost money, folks. It ain't done for free. Battlegroundoregon.org. Also, want to encourage you to. Go to Power Honda down in Albany. They are one of this show's sponsors. If you're looking for a great pre-owned vehicle that is certified or a new Honda, you ought to go down and talk to them. In fact, they've got a great website, mypowerhonda.com, mypowerhonda.com. And you can check out both new and pre-owned vehicles, mypowerhonda.com. Mark, uh, uh, continue on with your, your last thought there as we uh, as we went forward into well we were talking a little bit just so to in case somebody just tuned in about um, the changes in behavior we're seeing with the, uh, 
between the first lawsuit being filed and now this amended case. And the uh, fear has been the response to this amended case. And that was not something we experienced from the government. We had arrogance before, uh, you know, it was more like a scoffing. And now we're having genuine fear. And so an example of that, I can provide evidence is we just received an email uh, early last week about, uh, from Douglas County, the, the county council. And basically they said, well, we're hearing that, you know, maybe maybe we charged the, the fact that we were charging $54,000 for cash vote records uh, is the real reason you're suing. If we could do something about that, would you drop the lawsuit? Now, they're not they're not um, stupid, Jeff. They, they right. know that the lawsuit covers way more than just inordinate fees, but they're desperate. They're, and what it does is it tells us that we are on the right track because Douglas County has been one of the counties, and ironically, a conservative county, yes. um, that, that has had some, some, some cultural issues, if you will, regarding uh, elections. And so the, the nice thing about it is, is that there's a lot of uh, government election officials and county commissioners who um, are acting very strangely all of a sudden to this amended case because it's so specific, because it, it actually names some of them or alludes to things going on in their counties. Um, and this is the, the kind of result that shows that we are landing close to um, the target. It, it's a wonderful uh, uh, thing because, as you know, this case was is different than any other election integrity lawsuit in the country because it's the only one literally the majority of which is written by individual people. All I did was take individual people, um, information that they sent and swore to, and, you know, legalized it into the case. And that's what's so powerful. And I think that's why we're seeing the kinds of reaction that we're seeing because these County officials know some of the stories they're able to, they know the people who are behind some of the evidence cited in the case. And it's making them very, very nervous. And we all should be concerned about that because if everything's on the up and up, they shouldn't be nervous. Now, the basis of your lawsuit, again, just to remind all of you, we're talking with Mark Thielman. Go to his website, battlegroundoregon.com. You can read the lawsuit for yourself, the amended lawsuit. And you can, uh, there's a lot of other resources there that are helpful to you if you want to help. Because if you have a story about how you think you've been disenfranchised. In other words, your vote doesn't matter anymore because it's all rigged. You have a story about that. There's a process from his website where you can articulate that and send it to him. And this is a class action lawsuit also, friends, but this is in federal court. And the reason it's in federal court is this. You're not going to get a fair shake in Oregon courts, number one. Number two, this is based on if you feel a certain way, you are disenfranchised. And the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on this a long time ago in Plessy versus Ferguson, right, Mark? That is correct. Okay. This is the same thing, and this is a reoccurring theme, Mark, which I think is brilliant in how you guys have structured this um, this lawsuit. It, and that it, it is time and time again in this lawsuit, you provide these examples of that have been brought forward that are legitimate they've been these are affidavits and so forth but you make the point over and over again that do you don't you think it's reasonable that a Oregon voter 
or many Oregon voters would feel disenfranchised, would feel disenfranchised because of these examples that have become very public, that are highly questionable in terms of the accuracy and the transparency of our voting system. So let me ask you, since that's your reoccurring theme, how did the government try to blunt that? Well, <laughs> sorry to laugh, but uh, the government uh, basically throws stuff out and see what sticks to the wall. So what what's causing them great concern in the, the Douglas County responses is directly, it gives us a, 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 um, a sneak peek into the mind of, of the bureaucrats that are now trying to defend themselves. And uh, suddenly, you know, they're, they're okay with not charging inordinate fees for, for requested information, which they said was uh, important because they had to check every ballot. So in case somebody signed their ballot, that was the issue behind all this. Right. Uh, and it was, a, it was a directive directly emailed by Shamia Fagan, our current Secretary of State. In other words, they got their minions together and they said, how do we stop these people from getting this information? Oh, we can use extremely high uh, fees for public information. And that's what the directive is about. But they can't say that. So what they say is it's about ballot secrecy, which is which is insane because they mail out millions of ballots unsecured every election. All right. So hold that thought, because let's talk about how University of Oregon students for years have gotten two ballots and what happens with those extra ballots. It's all in the lawsuit, folks. We're going to be back with Mark Thielman at 6.30 in the morning. Mark, let's get back to that when we come back. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 24 minutes before the top of the hour. Welcome back to Political Coffee on a Monday. We're going to go back to our, in just a moment, our conversation with Mark Thielman and the latest on his federal lawsuit in Oregon and against all 36 counties now. What you do with the government not being transparent and allowing us, the we the people, the ability to verify that our voting system is accurate, that it's fair and transparent. Got to remind you, friends, uh, it is a little cool out there, and it has been. Last week, if your heating system was not keeping up, that means it ain't going to keep up when the cold weather returns here in a little bit. That's why you should call Freedom Heating and Air. They'll get out to your home or your business right away, and they'll get it fixed. It's one of the great ways they've built such a powerfully strong business here in the Mid-Valley for the last 50 years. Call them at 503-580-1456-580-1456. They have discounts, by the way, for seniors and for veterans. Freedomheatingandair.net is their website, freedomheatingandair.net. All right, so, uh, Mark, we left off with um, University of Oregon. Folks, you, you're not going to believe what's been happening at the University of Oregon for many years now. And it's now part 
this story, this affidavit is now part of the federal lawsuit. So, Mark, tell us what you learned about, well, I guess every student at the University of Oregon gets two ballots in the mail and what happens with the unused ballot. And then I got to ask you, what is that story and many others that are now included in the federal lawsuit? How will the governments respond to those individual stories? So start first with University of Oregon and this two ballot thing. Well, when mail-in voting uh, began to be experimented with, it's it starting in 1986. So this goes back, uh, this, the, two, the two ballot issue goes back to the late 80s. And, and, um, but it became uh, the standard uh, fare, if you will. It became permanent uh, starting in 1998 uh, when uh, mail-in balloting was established as the primary method uh, for, for voting in Oregon. So in 1998, uh, Karen Kaplan was an employee. She's a manager of the recycling program at the University of Oregon. And uh, she was also a member of the Communist Party. And she was that, that's been well known and established. Uh, she no longer works for the university. Uh, however, uh, it's an example. She's the one who kind of built, she's the architect who built this. So what, what they would do is put separate recycling bins out during election time. Uh, after they would send out two ballots to every student because, you know, some students don't go home over election time and they stay year round and some students do and we can never know. And so in order to make sure no one, uh, everyone has the opportunity to vote, we got to give them two ballots. And a lot of, so students get two ballots. Well, you know, the vast majority of them don't need two ballots. And as a result, they recycle one. So they would put out signs and receptacles saying, recycle your ballot here and people would throw their ballot in their envelope in these bins. But notice, not in the paper recycling, Jeff, you know, because ballots are made of paper. Nope, right. they would have separate receptacles, and then those receptacles would be collected prior to election day and driven off campus um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, to, uh, it was in the Ulano Credit Union building in Eugene, downtown Eugene, uh, the basement of which was uh, leased by the SEIU, which is the largest public union in Oregon, and the SEIU had a field office there and uh, uh, would send out then emails to members of the union, uh, specifically to uh, one of our sources, who was a uh, recycling department member represented by SEIU. And uh, this person would receive emails and, uh, you know, it's going to be hard for them to put this genie back in the bottle. And they would ask for help with one, phone banking or two, because in other words, the, the represented member would have a choice. You can help us with phone banking or you can help us fill out ballots. And <laughs> well, well, now, wait, 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 wait a second. Filling out ballots is not legal. Of course it's not legal, but you see, this is, this is what's so beautiful about this. But, but you have actual email evidence to introduce and give to the court? It's a beautiful thing, Jeff. It really is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, and uh, you remember the power of discovery um, is is paramount too, because there's no reason to assume that, and and we have some evidence that this is going on in PSU, Portland State University as well. There's no reason to assume this isn't going on somewhere else. But I want the listeners to understand: there's 34,000 students in the University of Oregon on average, and and if it if that's the case, then all of those students, the uh, on campus students in particular get two ballots this is that we have a huge problem uh chris dudley lost his election in 2010 
by uh, 22,000 votes. And if the University of, of Oregon, let's just say 15,000 illegitimate votes were cast in Lane County at the University of Oregon as a result of this scheme, uh, we owed Chris Dudley an apology. It can affect election outcomes and obviously does. But what I want the listener to understand is that you have to have a county government culture uh, that that is favorable to these public unions. Now, gee, what a surprise. Ask me, uh, SEIU are the number one funders of county bureaucrats, especially elected ones. Do you think, Jeff, that, that there's a problem here? Well, yeah, there there clearly is. So you now, um, and by the way, we're talking with Mark Thielman. Go to his website, battlegroundoregon.org. And I want to thank Fred Finster. Uh, Fred has put up on our Telegram political coffee clatch page the link, PDF file to the actual uh, lawsuit also. Okay, we are meeting, by the way, not tonight, but next Monday night back at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill inside like we did last week. Mark came and talked to our group then. Uh, so it's on the Political Coffee Clatch Telegram page. Now, Mark, you, you have put this story of double ballots and the emails and you have the evidence of that. That's all part of the lawsuit now along with a lot of other stories, how, what, what's the process and how must the government respond? We got about four minutes left. Well, they have till February 17th to respond and they have two choices. They can answer the issues in the lawsuit or they can deny them and go, go or move for summary judgment, which is motion to dismiss. So we're anticipating that they'll move to motion to dismiss. Again, we've had a plan all along on how to survive that. And we'll survive it because one of the evidence evidentiary pieces cited in this amended lawsuit, uh, as you know, you've read it, is the, the example of how um, several counties in Oregon have violated, 13 in particular, have violated federal election law. And this is a federal lawsuit. And it's going to be very difficult for them to say, because they, they, they are always telling people there's, the voter rolls are updated and accurate. But we have um, verifiable certified evidence that Multnomah County has taken a whole five people. Now it's a million person county, 900,000 people, close, close, pretty close to a million. They have removed, Jeff, over four years, five people from the voter roll. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, a whole five. Wow. And that's, a, that's a violation of the Federal Election um, Commission's rules because remember, there's federal candidates on these elections especially our general elections. So um, the counties across the country are required to keep their voter rolls accurate. Uh, one of the reasons why Shamia Fagan is always sending out emails saying we keep voter accurate voter rolls is because she is signaling to the federal government, you know, we're really keeping things up to date. Well, they're not. My favorite was the uh, analysis of 4,400 ballots by individual canvassers in Washington County uh, uh, produced with verifiable evidence, you know, nearly 400 dead people are voting. The oldest dead person voting uh, uh, died in 2010 and has voted in every election uh, since. Uh, and what's even more shocking is they're on the inactive voter list. But guess what gets printed and produced and mailed out anyway, Jeff? A ballot. Yep. 
Yep, a bell. <laughs> this is and, shocking. All right, so so the government has to respond to these individual elections or the, these these individual stories that you are alleging in the amended lawsuit. If they um, doesn't that force them then to have to look into each one of these affidavits and these allegations you've made in the lawsuit? Yeah, and they won't do that. So what they'll do is all the counties will get together and the secretary of state will go to all the counties and which is why we we didn't sue all 36 originally because when you sue originally you have to pay to have everybody served it's thousands of dollars but now the state will do the rest of the serving for us so it was a good money saver it was also strategic all 36 counties will then be pressured to deny this these claims and what we need is for people to go out and call their county commissioners and say do not uh, participate in a motion to dismiss. This is about election integrity. This is about the foundation of our democracy. Tell your county commissioners to answer these claims. They need to come out and say, we want this to go to court. This needs to go to court and the people need to have their voices heard. There you go. Mark, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time. Great work on this. Folks, you just got your call to action right there. To learn more, go to Battleground Oregon. Dot org. Make a contribution. Mark, keep up the great work. Good luck today. You bet. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Battlegroundoregon.org. Back in a moment. Your last opportunity to call is coming up in just two minutes. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. Last segment for today. Yes, indeed. That is the number to call. 503-589-1220 is our Buick GMC talk line. In a moment, we will chat with Tim. I got to remind you, Rebecca Donaldson is one of our sponsors, and she is... Well, she's really good at what she does. What does she do? She she helps you as a real estate agent buy and sell homes. And the reason that she is good at it is because she won Best of the Willamette Valley. You know why? Because she is really good at it. And that means you're going to get the best benefit when you're looking to buy or sell a home. Because her and her team are on top of the ever-changing moment-by-moment real estate market with interest rates and what's going on out there, depending on where you are, they know it. Don't take my word for it. Give her a call and experience it for yourself. 503-269-0747. That's Rebecca Donaldson, 269-0747. Check out her website, rebeccasgothouses.com. Rebeccasgothouses. Com. By the way, the Kabuki Theater of Government Misinformation continues. Last Friday, it hit the news wires after we were off. Well, actually, it was, it was, yeah, it was after we were off the air. But really that the economy produced 517,000 jobs and the stock market went crazy up. Well, you know what the Kabuki Theater is, the smoke and mirrors? 
The federal government's actual data shows, and, and this isn't me saying this, this is Zero Hedge and a whole bunch of economists, including some liberal economists, shows that we actually lost 2.5 million jobs. No kidding. And the government somehow said, well, we gained 500,000 jobs. You know how they did that? It's called seasonal adjustment. Because, you know, during Christmas, retailers hire all these extra people and Amazon and so forth, and then they lay them off after the first of the year. So government magically says, you know, we're going to seasonally adjust this to say, well, it was seasonally adjusted 3 million actually means even though we lost, we admit we lost two and a half million jobs, we're seasonally adjusting that to 3 million and it shows a $517,000 job increase. It's a lie, folks. And you're going to see revisions next month. Well, actually this month, later in the month, you'll see the revisions. And it'll be greatly different. And, of course, the State of the Union speech is coming up shortly. And Biden is already taking a victory lap on it. It's a lie. By the way, I got a great email from Lee. Said, pay raise? Here's an idea. Why don't we cut taxes and raise the value of the dollar? It's a brilliant thought. Let's go to Tim, who's on the line. Tim, good morning to you. yesterday and it happened to be with a gentleman who I've known for over four years and he talked about how the COVID food stamps were going to be cut off I think it was in about a month yep now he, he he's on the fixed income caregiver uh, the later stages of diabetes I when I was talking to him he had about $20 for food that he was purchasing and they're scared to death. Okay. And so your, your point is I've got a project. Okay. What's your project? I'm going to do some research on the food stamps and find out what's happening with it and what we can do about it. What's available? Okay. Well, I, would, I would think that um, I, I would think that your first of all, Lori Chavez Dreamer uh, should be your member of Congress. You should ask her that question. Then you should ask Wyden and Merkley that question as U.S. senators. What are they going to do about it? I will do so. My, my, my own mother, by the way, is in that same circumstance. She lives by herself, uh, only gets Social Security. Uh, she lives over in Central Oregon, and she also is uh, on that program. And is they've notified her that it's going to be coming to an end, and they're going to be going back to some tiny little amount of money. Uh, and so what that means for me is that I get to supplement her food needs. 
And that's okay, because I can afford it. It's all right. But what about the people that can't? Especially, Tim, in this circumstance of very high inflation. Thank you, Joe Biden. So if government policy has created the inflation, and it's very arguable that it has, shouldn't government try to mitigate that for the most vulnerable in our society? I think it's an interesting project you're embarking on. Thank you, uh, Tim. Hope to see you at the War Room this coming Thursday. Folks, if you want to learn how to lobby the legislature on all kinds of things, including this one, the issue he just talked about, or about voting legislation, you want to learn how to do that, how to be effective at talking to a legislator, or just writing an email, or going and testifying at the legislature. You want to learn how to do that? We teach you how to do that. Oregon Citizen Lobby War Room. Go to Oregon Citizens, that's plural, lobby, OregonCitizensLobby.org. You can sign up, become a member of our group. We're there from 8 to 3 at the Ike Box coffee shop right at Cottage in Chemeketa. It's right at the end of the Capitol Mall. It's very easy to walk on over there. We're in the Bay Room. Ike Box, Bay Room, 8 to 3. Come and join us. If you want to learn how to do it, we're watching meetings live. We're talking about live legislation. We teach you how to be effective. Stand up for your liberty, because if you don't, nobody else will. But somebody that will stand up for you is Eric Azer, Righteous Renovations. Check out his website, RighteousRenovations.com. If you're looking for a contractor to come into your home or your business, and do a really great job and not make your life miserable at, at a remodel project or maybe adding something on. Righteous Renovations, Eric Azer, you should really check him out. RighteousRenovations.com, RighteousRenovations.com. Got an email from Jim about the balloon being shot down. It says, well, they're blaming Trump, saying, well, there were three balloon flyovers during his administration. Everybody including Trump-hating John Bolton that were in the Trump administration. Everybody. CIA director, Secretary of State, the DNI director, all are saying it's not true. So if anybody in your world says, well, hey, you know, Trump didn't shoot down the balloons, it's all a lie. And all the people who would know are saying it's a lie. Unless it happened in the deep state never told anybody in the Trump administration. I say prove it. Prove that they flew over America. It's a lie. See you tomorrow.